every single revival on earth history, every single revival, no exception, 100%, every single revival happened when one and then two and then three got together and prayed. And I want you to hear the words together and the word prayed. When they got together and they prayed, there is something about togetherness. There is something when people unite in one accord. Jesus himself said, if a few of you get together and they pray in one accord, by the way, you know that the disciples had a car. It was Honda Accord. They got in one accord. <laughs> Whenever two or three Jesus says, pray in one accord, it will be given to them. Um, it's very important that we understand this promise. God doesn't lie. He cannot lie. It is his honor in front of the universe at stake. When we get together, when we get together, when the people have the, 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 the willingness to set time aside and get together and pray for something, it is happening. I'm going to give you a quick small example. In one of my churches, when I moved there, I really don't know what happens because I did connect it just like last night. But, yeah. When we get together, let me explain. Uh, in one of my churches long ago, many years ago, I got, when I got there, there were about 20 members. That's very discouraging. I remember in one winter, bad winter, just nine people came to church. Four were my family and another five. When you preach to five people, you don't feel like preaching. You know what I mean? And I invited them to get together and pray. And six old ladies came to prayer. And that was major because we met at 6 a.m. And it was 34 below. I don't know if you get the picture. I get in the car, and by the time I get to the church, the car finally starts warming up. <laughs> and by the time we finish praying, the car is cold again. You understand? And only to wake up at that time and drive through snow and terrible cold was sacrifice. But the ladies got together at 6 a.m. at minus 34. Sure, it was not minus 34 in the church. It was outside. But you just don't feel like going outside. And we got together and we prayed for a month. We didn't decide it's going to be a month. We decided to pray three, four, five months. And we said we are going to pray until we fill the church. We didn't do Bible studies yet. We didn't do evangelism yet. We prayed and we prayed and we prayed every morning. And we united together in one subject. Lord, give us our families back. Fill this church. One month later, we had about 60 people attending. Two months later, we had 120 people attending every Sabbath. Only praying together every morning. Lord, give us the people. The church had about 120 seats all filled up. We should have prayed not only that God would fill the church, but that God would fill the gym. And uh, you follow me? We had too little faith. We shot only a few arrows. You remember the story? 
when people pray together. Uh, we talked last night about being filled by the Spirit, walking with God. We sing the song, and he walks with me and he talks. Does he really walk with you and talk with you? Or you just say it? I'm going to uh, go a little through a few examples. As I said, every single revival in the history happened when people prayed together. And as they prayed, they were filled by the Holy Spirit. Jesus told the disciples, do not leave, do not leave, do not work, do not go. Wait, wait and pray. Yeah, I'm connected here. Okay, Jesus, let's pay attention here. When the power, we pray for the power, and the power comes, then we will see the miracle, okay? <laughs> okay, so Jesus told the disciples, do not leave, wait and pray. How long? We said last night. Until, he didn't tell them pray a month, or pray 40 days, or pray three months. He said, pray until you receive the Holy Spirit. And then he says, listen carefully, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you shall receive. So they come together. Let me put it the other way around. If we don't have power, it means that we don't have. Whoa. What did I say? If we don't have power, we don't have. The Holy Spirit. Yes, the Holy Spirit is here working with you and me, working with the church. But we have not experienced the full baptism. The oh, oh, praise the Lord. How did you fix it, brother? We need to keep you here. Huh? I want you to understand. When God comes, power comes. If there is no power, there is no God. My God is not a weak God, you follow me? God has power. He says, and it happens. God says to the sea, split, and the sea splits. God says to the sun, move back, and the whole universe changes everything, and it moves back. God is the creator. God has never changed. God enjoys working for his people. He is waiting to work for his people. And he told the disciples, don't even try to do it. How can you do God's work in human power? It's not by might nor by power. It's by my spirit, says the Lord. Don't even try it. You'll fail. And he told you, wait and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray together for the gift. It's, it's better for you if I go, because if I go, I'm going to send you the comforter. And he is going to lead you in all. How much means all? I looked in Greek, I did a translation. You know how you translate the word all? All. That's how you translate it. He will lead you in all things. Pray for the comforter. They prayed. When the comforter came, before that, nobody would get baptized. Nobody would be healed. Nobody would be delivered. The disciples tried and tried, and they went to Jesus. We cannot do it. And Jesus said, well, it's done by prayer and fasting. When they prayed, what happened? The Holy Spirit came. When the Holy Spirit came, what happened? Power came. When power came, instantly they started to witness. And they didn't go to the seminary. Don't get me wrong. I went to the seminary. The seminary is good and necessary. 
But they didn't have any experience, any money, any training. Any, they were persecuted. They were broken poor. They had nothing, no media, no cars, no TV, no internet. Nevertheless, in 32 years, they evangelized the whole known world. Because power came. Peter would walk and his shade would go over sick people and what happened to them? Healings. Power. You preach today 5,000 baptized. You preach tomorrow 3,000. And the Bible says that God added to their numbers. How much means daily? 3,000 Sunday, 2,570 Monday, 4,050. 500 Tuesday, 3,800 Wednesday, 2,200. You, you get the point? Is it possible? Yes or no? Yes. When the Holy Spirit comes with God, everything is possible. The early rain came to start the work. The latter rain is going to come to enable us to finish the work. But the reason we cannot move on is because we have not received yet power. And look around. It is time to be revived. This is it. It is time to pray for the Holy Spirit, for the outpouring of the latter rain, for power. And so, let me, uh, I have to jump because I have only a few minutes left over. Let me, <clears throat> let me say this. Christians as individuals, and as a group, don't have power. We go to church, we keep Sabbath, we eat healthy, we do evangelism. All of these are wonderful, yet we don't have power. We don't see explosive results. We don't see gigantic results. Why? Because we have not received power yet. We do it in our power. Tozer says, if the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from the first century church, all they were doing would have stopped and everybody would have known that the Holy Spirit is gone. Everything they did was based on the presence and leading and power of the Holy Spirit. And then he says, if the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from our church, all the programs would go just fine and nobody would know that the Holy Spirit is gone. Illinois talks about Alpha and Omega crisis. She says Alpha crisis was pantheism during Kellogg. God everywhere. God in this pulpit. God in this speaker. God in that chair. God in you because God made you so. God is everywhere so we can worship anything. We are gods. God everywhere. And then she says Omega crisis before the second coming, God will be nowhere. She says a bunch of programs but no God. Mm. Think about it. And so, back to the subject. We, as individuals and as a group, we need to pray together for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit if we want something to happen in our lives, in our families, in our churches. If you try and try and try and you don't experience victory and joy and assurance and you don't experience growth, is because we need the Holy Spirit. Let me give you examples. I'm going to move here a little to something that I believe is extremely important. Listen carefully, Second Chronicles 16. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth 
to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed. God is looking physically, actively looking on the earth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, looking for somebody, looking for one individual, doesn't matter who, young, old, man, woman, looking for somebody committed, looking for one individual committed. Now he can do anything through one as he can do through a million because it's not about what you do, it's about what he does. Listen, the Bible says in Ezekiel, give me one man, one man, and I can save the land. God needed one Moses that was willing Think about it. Every one of them were fully, 100% committed. Moses gave up everything, didn't he? he? He literally gave up. He lost everything. Joseph lost everything. Daniel, he was taken a slave to Babylon. He lost everything. Abraham, he gave up everything. All these Bible people, they are fully committed. God is looking for one person fully committed. And to the degree that you commit, to that degree God can take control. To the degree that you surrender and commit, to that degree God can work. If God doesn't work a lot, it's because you don't surrender a lot. And so, think about this. <clears throat> I'm going to give you an example that I give in my sermons. In my first district ever, like 200 years ago, <laughs> in my first district ever, there were two men in one of my churches that were not home. You understand what I mean? The elevator didn't go all the way up. They were good people, but they just were at the two-year level. You know what I mean? Pastor, how are you doing? Ah. And they would grab you by hand, and they would never let go. And I would have to avoid them, because if they grabbed me, I was a captive audience, you know? And so I preached and I said, God can use anybody who is fully committed, who is willing to pray, who is willing to surrender. God can use a donkey. Moreover, he can use you and me. God can use stones. Moreover, he can use you and me. And I said, everybody has to surrender. Ellen White has a quotation where she says, those that have been fully converted, they cannot help but witness for Christ. They have a passion like a fire burning from within. You cannot stop them. And then she says, those that don't have that passion for people have never been converted. Wow. We'll get to that later. And so I said, everybody who is converted should have a passion to serve God and to serve people. Those that have the, don't have that passion, they are still self-centered. They have never been born again. They have the theory, but not the presence of God in their lives. And I said, everybody has to work. In the Bible, everybody has to work. All are called in God's field, in his vineyard. Those who don't work, they perish. The tree that doesn't bear fruits is chopped off. You follow me? The servant that doesn't use the talents, he perishes. Those who don't work, they don't go to heaven because they don't share in Christ's character. And so after I said that, I said, we'll have evangelism in three months. And I start giving jobs. Who wants to do this? Who wants to be the ushers? Who does the parking? Who does the song? Who does the children? Da, da, da. I didn't give any jobs to these two brothers because you understand. 
They came to me, Grammy pastor? Oh, heaven. You said everybody, yes. You said everybody, yes. That means the two of us too. What should I do now? How can I get rid of them? Can we be ushers? No. <laughs> they are going to embarrass the church, you know. Can we sing? Oh, no. You want us to preach? Uh-uh. <laughs> I got an idea. You pray. Ah, okay. We pray. Long story short, they went home and they talked. We pray, we pray, we pray. And they kept going. We pray, we pray. And then they stopped. Who do we pray for? And the father says, evangelism is for the community. You are supposed to pray for the community. You are supposed to care for the community. You are supposed to care for the community. That's what the great commission is, not the great suggestion. You know, it's a command. And so you pray for the community. Okay. But then the community doesn't know that we pray for them. So let's go to them. So the two brothers went in that town, 16,000 households, from house to house, from street to street. And they, in one month, from 8 a.m. to late evening, door by door, visited every single house in that community. That takes commitment. Every single door. The pastor said, we should pray for you. What do you want us to pray for? My wife left me. Lord, bring her back. Bye. Short prayer. The pastor said, we should pray for you. My cow is sick, dying. Lord, heal the cow. Bye. Door to door, door to door, from morning to night. After a month, they came back. Pastor, we prayed. What do we do next? It was peaceful in the church for a month while you prayed and didn't come every day to bug me. I said, I have an idea. Pray more. In my mind, just leave me alone. <laughs> Not a good pastor at that time. I mean, I was honest, but I had a lot of growth, and I still do, you know. We all do. They came, and they said, he said, pray more. That means because we finished the community, he wants us to go back and pray again. So they went back to the first, second, third house, second, third street. Again, for another month, house to house, they prayed with 16,000 homes. And they came to me, Pastor, we prayed. What do we do next? I said, just go and pray without ceasing and leave me alone. <laughs> they went third time house to house and prayed with the whole community. When we had evangelism, the whole church brought two people. They brought about 46 people. About 44 got baptized. I asked them, why do you want to be baptized? Did they teach you Bible studies, doctrines? No. Why then we want to come? Because we have seen Jesus' love in your church. Nobody, our families, our friends, our pastors, nobody visits us, nobody listens, nobody cares, nobody prays for us. You guys, you care. We can see Jesus' love in you. We want to join your church. Two people, very challenged people, that went from home to home and prayed with people. Think about COVID. Think about what our communities go through. Insecurity, economy, politics, uh, hate, selfishness, uh, the, all that is going on. People suffer. People are stressed. And we are afraid to offer a prayer. 
we are more afraid to pray for them than they are afraid to be prayed for. It doesn't cost you anything to say, can I pray for you? They can say yes or no. They are not going to kill you for offering a prayer. And if they kill you, we promise to preach the nicest funeral sermon for you. It's not expensive to offer a prayer. Can I pray for you? Tell me what you want me to pray for. And just pray for them. Lord, I present these precious people before you. You know the message that it gives? First, it changes you. But secondly, it changes the one that you pray for. Prayer. Let me, we went to the second slide and we have about 50 slides. <clears throat> I want to explain something extremely, extremely, this is extremely important. I want you to get this part. The disciples says in the spirit of prophecy, very important. I'm going to give you the quotations. Most likely we don't manage now, but we'll try to do it in the second part. The disciples in the upper room, I want you to hear these words. If you Probably you need to hear them like 10 times because these are gold, vital. Ellen G. White says that in the upper room, as they prayed more and more together, they started to understand the prophecies. They started to, their mind started to get light. The, the curtain was taken away. They started to understand the cross, the fulfilling of the prophecy, to understand Messiah. And she says, when they understood the cross, they were totally transformed. Did you get what I said? When they understood God's sacrifice for the human fallen race, they were totally transformed. And she says, they were so transformed that they were willing to die for Jesus. You get, when you understand the cross, you are so transformed that you are ready to surrender, to sacrifice, to do anything joyfully. And you say, for me, I consider all things garbage for the price of knowing Jesus Christ, my Savior, and to be one with him, one with his death and one with his resurrection. For them, they became witnesses. You are my witnesses. And the word for witnesses in Greek is martus, that we have the word martyr from. It, it, basically, they are ready to seal their witness with their life. They didn't care if they knew that they could be killed, and yet they joyfully gave witness. We, and, 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 and I want you to understand, they were ready to joyfully die for giving that testimony. And now let me give you a quick, quick story. When the women went to the grave to put some balms of, on Jesus' body, the angel said, He's not here. He's resurrected. And then the angel said, come and see. You remember the words in the Bible? He invited them in, in the tomb. Come and see. And then he says, go and tell. These things are extremely powerful. You'll never be able to tell before you see. 
There is nothing to tell if you have not seen it. If you have not experienced it, there is no way to give it away. You need to receive it in order to give it. John says, what we have seen, that's what we tell you. You cannot be a witness in the court if somebody told you that somebody told them. You need to have seen it with your eyes to be a witness. You follow me? They experienced it. When you see Jesus on the cross, when you see what God has done for you, when you are overwhelmed and say, why me? That quotation from the Sire of Ages, for thee, he was on the cross. For thee, he took the sin of the world. For thee, he gave up his glory and risked eternity. For thee, that you may be saved. For thee, the Son of God. When you grasp that quotation, the more you see the cross, the more you are overwhelmed and Christ's love gets in you and constrains you. And when you see that sacrifice, you go and tell. But you need to come and see in order to go and tell. And the reason we cannot tell, we don't even have a desire. We know we should tell, but we don't have that zeal, that passion, that thirst. The reason we are not ready to die for it, the reason we are not ready to fully surrender, to fully commit, is because we yet have not seen the cross. Ellen G. White says, the third angel's message, listen carefully, it will illuminate the whole world and the power of the Holy Spirit is going to accompany the preaching of the third angel message and is going to close the work and bring the second coming. And then she says, when we see the cross and tell the good news of Jesus' sacrifice for us, she says, that's the third angel message. When the disciples in the upper room started to pray, they started to understand the cross. When they understood the cross, they were so overwhelmed that they were totally transformed and they fully, as a result, fully committed. If you want to fully commit, you need to see the cross. When you see the cross as a natural result, you fully surrender, fully commit. Then you go and tell. Then you receive the Holy Spirit. When the disciples pray together and they fix their eyes, in the book of Acts, it says they talked about the cross. They beheld the cross. They contemplated the cross. They talked about Jesus' sacrifice. They talked about the prophecies and Messiah. She, they, she says that everything was brought back, what Jesus has said, back to their memory back to their mind, and as they started to see the cross, she says they were transformed, and then they received the Holy Spirit, and then they received power, and then they fully committed, and they became one in unity. They became one community. They ready to help one another, to pray for one another, to cry together, to rejoice together. They were one. As Jesus says, when you are one, the world is going to know that you are my people. In this divided, selfish, self-centered society, to have a group of people that are one, and each one lives for the other one, and they fully surrender, and they love God more than anything, and love the others, that's a miracle. But it takes to see the cross. That's the third angel message. That it will illuminate the whole world, and is going to finish the work and bring the second coming. They were, oops, my time is up. I just noticed the clock. I got to finish. Well, we did three slides, praise the Lord. They became witnesses that in Greek is martyrs. 
martus, martyrs. What I have seen is what I tell you. What I have experienced is what I tell you. The reason we have no power in our life, in our families, in our interaction with others, in our churches, is because we do yet need to see the cross, to experience the cross, to understand the love of God that surpasses any understanding. How can you understand something that surpasses human understanding? Nevertheless, we will never, never, in eternity, never fully understand the love of God. But when you see a drop, you are speechless. And then you love him back. And you cannot help but love people. If we don't love people, we talk about community, we talk about fires. If you don't love people in a practical way to show Christ, then it means that you need to see the cross. In fact, Ellen White, and we will give it at 11 o'clock, says that those that don't understand and don't live that, they need to be concerned, quote, for their own salvation. Wow. Let's finish right now. Our time is up. I want to finish before 10.10. Uh, I'm 10.9. I'm, I'm, I'm holy. I did well. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Not according to the pastor. He said 10.05. Let's, let's, let's have a closing prayer and we'll continue this subject. I'm going to show you how all revivals happen. We'll go quick through them and then what should happen today in our lives. Let's, let's, uh, if you didn't hear last night or you're not here 11 o'clock, you need to listen to the recording to watch it. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we cannot even grasp it moreover to thank you enough for Jesus, for the cross. Please help us each to see the cross and to be overwhelmed, to be filled with your presence, to be filled with your love, to be transformed and to fully commit because Jesus is coming soon. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We invite you to join us in our closing hymn of response. I am thine, O Lord.
Father, we want to get near the cross. We want to be at the foot of the cross and understand deeper and deeper the love of God, to be filled with your love, to be totally transformed, and then to reflect that love, to reflect Christ to those around us. We ask for your help in Jesus' name. Amen.